Well, hey there, imaginary listeners. This is another episode of The Chronicles. I will, on this show, I will be recapping or basically just do a rundown of week 10 of the NFL season. Upsets still occurred, blowouts still occurred, mayhem still occurred. Um, and, you know, all more, including the current state of the playoff picture across the AFC and the NFC. Um, I'll perhaps start with the biggest stories going into the, the biggest storylines going into the week, which was Cam Newton re-signing, I mean, going back to Carolina, excuse me, and the Von Miller and the Von Miller trade to the Rams and the Odell, the Odell saga that eventually ended up landing him in Los Angeles. Look, Von, the Von Miller trade, of course, was the biggest week, was the biggest story of the last few weeks, one of the biggest stories, and he made his debut on Monday night. Did he tear the roof off the place? No, not at all. Nobody in the not many not many guys on the L.A. Rams really had a satisfying performance, and you know the the L.A. Rams or the Showtime Rams, as they like to call themselves, or some people are out to call them. They're not very... They're going to have their ups and downs from here on out till the end of the year. Things were not supposed to be all roses. I don't... You know, I never expect this team to have to go undefeated from here on out to the end of the season. And that's the nature of the NFL. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a star-studded roster. It looked like an all-star team last season. Things weren't pretty for them. Things weren't pretty for them. They were, they were hovering. I wouldn't say around five hundred, but they, you know, they weren't beating the hell out of every team either. Um, last season, going into December, they didn't lose a, they didn't really lose a game, from then on out. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went in as a wild card, and they played. They played like anything but a wild card team. I know the, I know the, the stadiums, not being at full capacity, helps a little bit in a playoff atmosphere. But it's Tom Brady. I you know, you can't really doubt the guy. And the Rams, they're in a different situation, similar situation, but it, it's not. It's it's not the whole it's not the same story here with the Rams. They are a star-studded roster. That yes, they did add a quarterback uh, during the offseason. It part of a trade. Yes, they did get an upgrade at quarterback. You know, adding OBJ, adding Von Miller. Look, they added Ramsey a few years back. The additions they've made on that roster, I mean, they're magnificent. They what that what that roster has been able to the Sonny Michelle getting him to come now to go to LA was a huge addition. But this is not you know this is not the NBA this is the NFL in which you have you look any team can beat you on any given Sunday we we've you know I've overused that term a lot on some of these podcasts. And that's really where the LA Rams, you know, find themselves at. They're not in a. They're not going to win the Super Bowl on just talent alone. 
and no, nobody's doubt, doubting what these players can do. Nobody's doubting what Sean McVay and his offense are going to do. No, nobody is doubting this team, but you know, that's what happens when you're cont- the Rams. I going into the week, I thought they were the class, not well, excuse me, not the class of the NFC. But if I had to pick a favorite, to me, that was the team. There aren't a lot of weaknesses to quickly point out as it pertains to the Rams. However, they've now lost two games in a row. <laughs> You know, two games in a row, everything was going smooth to to begin the year off. And now they've lost two games in a row. The Cardinals just lost. I mean, they have they've been playing without Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins the last two. They don't have Chase Edmonds. They, they really don't they really don't have JJ Watt. They don't have some of their star players on that team. And it shows they had a they got a beat down by the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> And this was an opportunity for the Rams. Forget the Super Bowl race. Forget the, you know, we're going to show the NFL who we are. No, this is this was an opportunity to take control of the division. And, and look, I'll maybe take controls such a, it's, it's probably a strong, those are some strong words when you consider they've already lost to the Cardinals this season. And they would have to beat them in their next. They would have to beat them in their next matchup. But they're now a game back again from the Cardinals. This, you know, this with the Cardinals losing, this is an opportunity. You know, you know, this was an opportunity to you know be, be within striking distance again. And they're back to a game back, on, on top of the fact that they don't have the tiebreaker as of now, on the Arizona Cardinals. I don't believe the Arizona Cardinals are a better team than the LA Rams. But for now, the standing, you know, what's you know what's the saying? You are what your record says. I don't believe in it, but at the end of the day the Rams if the Rams go in as a wild card, I'm not betting on the LA Rams to win. See here's the thing. I bet I have I didn't bet, but I have the Rams winning the NFC. Actually the Super Bowl based on, well, I think they're going to be able to get a lot of home games throughout the playoffs. Well, if they're a wild card, that's just not going to happen. And that's the problem. I don't see the Rams going to Lambeau Field, to Tampa, and beating those teams. You know, maybe I do, but it's not as, it's not as simple as I see the Tampa Bay Ray, I mean the Tampa Bay Rays, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into going into SoFi and and beating the the LA Rams. I don't, you know, what's more likely? But you know, talking about the game on Monday night, the, they didn't really show much resist much resistance to the Rams. I mean, to the 49ers offense, Shanahan coached one hell of a game the the 49er offense I think from what I saw it looked like what it should have had looked like all year they the way they were running the ball at the LA Rams was ridiculous Donald Miller I mean they couldn't get involved they couldn't really rush the quarterback 
<laughs> they really couldn't rush the quarterback when Garoppolo's out there making quick throws and just pounding the and, and they're just pounding the ball all over the Rams defense. There was drives where I'm like, are the Rams ever going to stop this team? And I know that those turnovers really set the tone at the beginning of the game. The interceptions by Stafford, terrible, costly interceptions that they they did set the tone of the game. And they had an opportunity to salvage the game. But the 49ers, a few things we learned is they play very well when they're ahead. A lot of times they've they've messed themselves over during games, they're fumbling the ball, getting costly interceptions. When they play a clean game, they can compete with anybody in the league. And that's not... And that's not being – that's not an overstatement. I mean, this team can actually play against anybody when they're playing their way and things aren't – you know, they're not committing blunders throughout the game. Their defense is legit. Uh, no, no one ever doubted the, the talent on both sides of the football for the 49ers, but that was one hell of a performance. And, again, they can play from – when they get off to a lead, it's kind of tough to come back against that team. It really is that – the whole team fed off of it. It did. The defense looked like they were just making quick tackles. They were quick. They looked fast. It, you know, they were hitting them hard. Simple things that one just watches, and, and it shows up on the scoreboard. The Rams. And I and I know it's and I, it's not supposed to be easy for a new player to come in and be lights out. It's not really supposed to happen. It's not expected to happen. Same thing with Von Miller. It's it's a new team, and some things like that are going to happen. What I didn't expect was a blowout. I didn't expect a blowout. And, and I think the questions right now are not on a wide receiver. They're not all on the coach, on the GM yet, but they're on the quarterback for right now, and that's Matthew Stafford. He was getting praised when things were going well. And the praise, well, the, that praise has evaporated now. He's thrown, you know, how many picks? He's thrown like about four picks the last two weeks. Very, very bad picks. That puts his team in a deficit, you know, at, at the beginning of the games. And going forward, the Ram, I believe the Rams will be okay going forward. They will be okay. I'm not. This is not going to be an overstatement, an overreaction. You know, this team is that this team is not good enough as expected, as advertised. That the moves they're making are not good enough. But it's as simple as to say, they will be okay. But they they have flaws, just like every other contender in the NFC. You, you know, across the league, they have flaws as well. Are they still my favorite? No. No, and and I'm gonna get to that in just in just a second. The other game I you know, the other big marquee game of you know of, of the NFL weekend was Packers Seahawks. But the Chiefs the Chiefs uh, Raiders game was on primetime. And that game very underwhelming. Very, very underwhelming. And it, it wasn't, you know, if you ask me, why would this game would be overwhelming? Well, the Kansas City Chiefs offense doesn't show up. The, the whole team doesn't show up. That was anything but. They came, played very hard. 
Mahomes, he had a Patrick Mahomes type game. He threw for over 400 yards, five touchdowns. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were dominant. The whole the the whole offense, the whole offense looked dominant in general. And the the Raiders to me were just the biggest no show, and their season, I mean their season, I think is collapsing now. Their season, the last two seasons, they've had their season collapse in the second half of the season. What 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 indication is there that it's not going to happen this time around? All the teams in the division are five hundred or above, and you know, this win right here against the Chiefs, again for, for the Raiders would have said it would have spoke volumes of the team. Not, not forget the Chiefs of it, just the Raiders. This win would have spoke volumes. Now they're, you know, and most of the reason I say that it's due to the standings. Of this team, they had the opportunity to continue to ex- look. They would have gone a win, a win on Sunday night would have put this team at six and three. It would have put the Chiefs at five and five. Okay, they had an opportunity to go a game and a half on top of Kansas City, a game and a half. On top of that, they would have been a game ahead of the Chargers, who they did lose to earlier this season. The Raiders are now third in their they're now third in their division. I don't think they're better than the Chargers. I know the Chargers are not playing their best football right now. But I would bet I would bet against the Raiders if they had to go up against the Chargers right now. The Broncos, I know I think the Broncos could beat the Raiders any given game, although they're highly inconsistent and they showed it on Sunday as well. But now the Chiefs, and many many people talked about this a lot. The Chiefs, when you play as the when the defense plays as bad as the Chiefs did, and when there's a lot of questions to be answered for the Chiefs, and this was really one of the low points of, you know, this could well be one of the low points of Mahomes's young career so far. And they're sitting at six and four on top of their division, considered by many one of the very best in in football. Yeah, they're going to be okay. Okay, maybe not, maybe not this season, maybe not next week. But they will be okay. And I'm talking about as an organization. I'm not talking about this season. This season, I I kept telling people they're going to make the playoffs. Still, they're going to make the playoffs. Still. I know I don't know why people have to overreact to some stuff. They will make the playoffs. The question is, can they even win the division? But the Chargers and the Raiders—they open the door for this team. I'm serious. All these other teams and their incons, even the Broncos, all these other three teams in the division—they open the doors for the Chiefs. They had opportunities to take 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 control of the division, or just take the lead in general. But now, I mean, they're gonna have to come from behind and catch these guys who could look who could look to make a run of their own. You know, you give the opportunity to a, a real good team like the Chiefs, with uh, with the talent they have, with the pedigree they have, the championship pedigree they have, with the quarterback they have, and even at their lowest, they're sitting at six and four. Six and four. That's why I never. I never went too far with the Chiefs because it wasn't like they were sitting at three and six. They still had a winning record. They were still around 500 when all this stuff was going on for Kansas City.
And the Raiders, yes, they were a no-show. I And I know I still think they probably would have lost this game. But they put up no fight in this game. They, they Seriously, they did not. They made a bunch of blunders in this game, inexplicably. The Deshaun Jackson run was, I think it spoke, I think it spoke a lot about what the hell this see about the Raiders season and the roller coaster that has been. Some weeks they look, hey, they look like a playoff team. Others, you question, you question, are they even going to finish this season over 500? And that's what I'm questioning right now. One of these teams is going to have to finish belief beneath 500. There's no way that every team in the AFC North and in the West are going to be over 500. One of them's going to. Maybe two of them. Not every one of these is going to be in the playoffs. It's possible, but I doubt it. The chances are a little slim for that. Possible, but slim. And the Raiders, man. Carr and some of the mistakes that he made. You know, the interception was one thing. But the running game was brutally awful for the for the Raiders. And that's been one of the weaknesses this year. You have to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. You have to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Look at the stats, for instance. They got out. Look, the Raiders, first of all, on top of the fact they had a terrible second half, it felt 41 to 14. I mean, at halftime, it was nowhere near that. They got outgained. The Raiders got outgained 516 to 299. That is, what is that? 317 yard difference. I mean, 217-yard difference. That is still a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. And I know the Raiders, again, some games they'll look better than others, but on prime time with an opportunity to show the rest of America that, hey, you know, and a lot of good teams have beat the Raiders, I mean, the Chiefs this season. And this is an opportunity, hey, we want to, you know, a lot of people are going to watch the Chiefs. This is an opportunity for us to, to show what we're about, and, and they absolutely—I mean, they were—they were the Kansas City Chiefs punching bag. They were Patrick Mahomes' punching bag. Very bad, in at home as well. At home, at home, I would give them more crap for it, but I've seen some other teams, I've seen some other better teams than them, get obliterated too this season. So it's and, you know it, it could it could always be even worse than that, believe it or not. They had 14 less first downs than these guys. The Chiefs one time in possession, 35-24. You have to keep Mahomes off the field. If you're going to give him 35 minutes to be on the field, you're going to lose. I don't care how good you are. You give him 35 minutes to be on the field, I mean, that's ridiculous. And, and I know they played a good game overall. They weren't going for the home run place. But the Raiders were those, you know, the, those deep throws – I mean, those deep throws he was making at the end of the game, Derek Carr, you're just throwing them up, just throwing up big, you know, big throws. See, hopefully that the receiver would catch it while he's covered by two men in the secondary. That was not that was not good to watch. And look, the Chiefs, they could have gotten picked off two or three times in this game. Three. About three times. I mean, they, it could have been bad for the Chiefs as well. But thankfully, they played the Raiders. Now, I was never on the train that this team is in trouble. 
I knew eventually they were going to get back up. I knew they had flaws and I knew they were in a slump. I wasn't denying that. I was What I was denying was that they were done. I thought it was a huge overstatement. I knew the Raiders were inconsistent. I've been saying it on my past podcast. I don't trust the Raiders. You, nobody should trust the Raiders. They've had collapses over the last two years in their seasons. The Chargers aren't really new. I mean, the Chargers are sort of new in terms of making the playoffs on a consistent basis. The Chargers, they haven't made the playoffs in three years. They had a different quarterback then. And, you know, it's it's kind of a new regime in, in, in a way. It's a new team. I mean, the, you know, this is it's a whole new thing. So you can't expect a lot out of them either. The Broncos haven't made the playoffs since Peyton Manning was their quarterback. I was, a, you know, I was a sophomore in high school. I was six years ago, last time they were a playoff team. So, yeah, if these teams wanted to have an opportunity, so on, if they wanted to have an opportunity to, to win, they were going to have to win consistently. I knew the Chiefs. I knew the Chiefs, even at their worst, can still win games. That's And that's what happened. They look, They didn't look convincing against the Giants. They still won. They didn't look convincing against the Packers. They still won. Although they were luck- they were they were fortunate they didn't that Aaron Rodgers didn't play, but still. And this is what happens. And it, it just all clicks. And I you know the timing could not have been per- perfect more perfect for the Chiefs than it did. Because their upcoming game is the Dallas Cowboys. And they're <laughs> At home, too, on Fox America's Game of the Week. I mean, this is going to be a huge heavyweight showdown. And I know that I know the Chiefs are six and four. They're, you know, they're not. They're not at the same level of Dallas this season in terms of consistency. But they have a lead in their division. That's really what's all going to matter for the Chiefs, in my opinion, because they've won playoff games year after year. They have. They, you know, I can count them right now. They had three, four. They've, they've won about six playoff games, if I'm not mistaken, over the past three years. If I'm not mistaken, they've won eight, four, one, six. They've won six playoff games over the last uh, three years. That Mahomes has been the starter. Six playoff wins. That's more than what the Cowboys have won in a quarter century, in the, in the past quarter century. I did not ex- going into this season. I didn't. I never would have thought the Cowboys were going to be favorite. It, they were going to be favorite in that game at Arrowhead. But you know, as a Cowboy fan, I think that shouldn't that shouldn't stick in the in the head of many fans. I'll get to the Cowboys later. Um, the other game, uh, the team I was going to talk about as the Super Bowl favorite now is the Green Bay Packers, and their performance against the Seattle Seahawks. It was an underwhelming game. Similar, look, the primetime game. You know, I there was a feeling I had that the Raiders were actually going to blow the Chiefs out. I mean, would you look at that? But it was the other way around. I didn't. Ex- I knew Russell Wilson wasn't going to be, well, Ru- Russell Wilson of old, right off the gate, and, and neither was Rodgers. Who, who he, I mean, he missed what a week or two. I mean, he didn't miss. He didn't miss much time. Aaron Rodgers. You know, two different things. One with one one guy had been 
out for over a month. You know, one guy was off because of COVID. Two different things, but they were both sloppy at the beginning, very rusty. You know, after a while, we didn't know what was the difference anymore. Wilson looked like he shouldn't have been playing out there. He should have waited for that injury to heal. It's starting to become a little bit more evident now. This is the first time in Wilson's career that he was a shutout in a game. Hard to believe, too. You know, every every player at least, every player at least might get shut out once in his career, too. You know, the fact that it finally came at this time. Well, okay, then. The Packers, you know, they won 17-0. They weren't convincing early on, the offense especially. I know, um, you know, Rodgers was missing some throws. Sloppy, but eventually they got their, eventually they just got their groove on. Seattle could not stay on the field. That that did not help the Seahawks. They, they could not seem to stay on the field. Every, every opportunity they did get to score, I mean, the, the interception in the end zone, costly. That was a very costly one. And, I mean, the Packers, the story was for Green Bay was, is this team good enough? Look, in terms of stats and everything, they're not, you know, they're, they're not the most, look, offensively, they're middle of the pack in yards per game. They're middle of the pack in passing yards per game. They're middle of the pack in uh, rushing yards per game. And they're middle of the pack in scoring with 21 points a game. Uh, 20. Oh, I thought I'd put a four. About 21 points a game, I believe. You know, Rodgers didn't even throw a touchdown in this game. He had a pick. He had a 75% passer rating. Um, A.J. Dillon. He had a uh, look. A.J. Dillon was. He had a very good game. 62 yards just receiving alone. 66 on on the ground. He had two touchdowns. Devontae Adams had another, you know, 78 yards. Every receiver would love to get those kind of uh, stats, but they were on the field a lot. They won the time of possession, 39 minutes to 20 minutes. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot being on the field. You don't want to give Aaron Rodgers, you don't want to give these elite quarterbacks a lot of time on the field. And that's what, you know, that's what happened. You know, you know, Russell Wilson doesn't play as bad as he usually did. I mean, as he did on uh, on Sunday. His stats were even worse. 20 for 40, 161 yards, two picks, no no TDs, 39, uh, 39 passer rating. And the dude was sacked like three times, if I'm not mistaken. On top, Look, the, the offensive line for the Seahawks has never really helped him since he got drafted. And... There are, you know, I'm starting to see some headlines that this guy's going to get traded. That he's going to demand a trade. That they should trade him. I thought Russell, you know, I thought the Aaron Rodgers saga was interesting, but his team is winning. His team could win it all because here's the thing with Green Bay. You know, they're not winning in the most dominant fashion. But look at the injuries they have. Jair Alexander out. The offensive line is actually not even fully healthy, even though they even though they're playing well. That's the ironic thing. The receivers are stepping up. I know they get a lot of flack for not having, a, you know, some dominant number two and three behind. 
you know, behind Devontae Adams. I think Lazard's still a pretty good player. You know, Devontae, uh, um, excuse me, uh, Randall Cobb, I think he's still making solid catches. And A.J. Dillon's a solid he might be a little more better than solid, but he's a really good backup for Aaron Jones. And Rodgers, he doesn't have to play. He doesn't have to go full Patrick Mahomes in these games. He just has to do whatever he needs to do to win. Seriously, that's all he has to do. I know he was a little rusty early on this game, but he's not going to be like that every game. If he's going to have to put this team on his back, he'll have to. But in the meantime, that defense right now is, I mean, they are punishing teams, that defense of theirs. They are punishing teams, and if they continue to do that, even while they're not healthy, by January, this team is going to be very, very dangerous. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the team to look out for in January. Nobody wants to go to go through Lambeau. Nobody would want to go through Lambeau Field in January, and that's something that every NFL fan knows. As for the Seahawks, this was this was really a must-win game, and, and every game from, in now, from here on out. It's going to be must-win, especially if they keep winning some. This was not a good start. But, you know, for Russell Wilson to come back from injury and his first game back is a cold Lambeau field against Aaron Rodgers, that's that's not the most ideal thing to do, especially when you, it almost felt like the, the injury, you know, was a little – you know, you kind of rushed your return in a way from the injury. You know, but that you know that's the game right there. It's the game, and that whole NFC West is very, very tough. The NFC is a brutally tough division. The 49ers winning against the Rams on Monday Night Football it made the stakes better. It, it raised the stakes. It, it made things more interesting now because not just for the Ram, not just because the Rams and all the storylines surrounding the team. But now you add another team into that seventh seed for the NF, you know, that final seventh seed in the NFC. The Niners are a good enough team. A few weeks back, I mentioned the 49ers, I think, are, would be my pick. Because they are just a better team than some of these guys, than some of these other teams. They have a lot of guys who made a playoff run. They've been to the Super Bowl. The question was consistency, which is the biggest question with all of these all these teams trying to get into the playoffs, it's consistency. But Seattle, and right now, they're finding themselves in a weird spot where they will have to win out. Are we going to doubt Russell Wilson? No. But this team is not a very good team. Defense is making some strides, but they have ways to go. Offensive line is not very good. They have no running game, it feels like. And... You know, it's going to be all on Russell Wilson from here on out. The, I mean, here's the thing. They will have, if they want to finish over 500, they will have to go 6-2. and two. I think that's possible. I think that's, that is extremely possible. And I'm going to tell you another thing. 9-8 and eight could, might, could well be the seventh seed in the, in the NFC. It could well and be. It could well and be the Panthers are going to drop some games. The Falcons are going to drop some games. And and I'm not guaranteeing anything, but no one's betting on Carolina to run the table. No one's betting them. I think they have better chance, a better chance now than they did a week or two ago. But no one's going to bet on that either. 
No one's going to bet on that. Um, we'll see how new Cam Newton looks from here on out in the next few weeks as he, as he gets more reps, as he gets more involved on the offense. But, you know, the stakes have been raised in the, in the playoff picture. Moving on to the AFC, where where do you even start with? Look, the New England Patriots put an uh, let's call it an ass whooping over the Cleveland Browns. I I thought Cleveland wasn't going to be able to beat the Patriots. I thought the way these teams are trending, it's a little obvious. And I, I've never been the best at picking games. I can tell you, you know, my, what's my feeling on on how a certain team is going to perform, on how they've been performing. This was not a tough game, I thought, to predict. I didn't believe this was a very difficult game to predict. The Browns have been a bit inconsistent now. They have the talent. They have the talent. That's why it was. A, I predicted a close game. And they had the talent. And they did win big the week prior. But the New England Patriots right now, they're on a different kind of role. They're... See, we're comparing. See, we're not just comparing teams right now. We are comparing organizations, and one of them has six Super Bowls since the turn of the millennium. The other one made their first playoff appearance last year. After how long? How long had it been? It feels like a generation since they've been in the playoffs. It, it seriously has. And. It started to show the Patriot way, whatever the hell that is. You know, I can I can go thirty minutes talking about, and it, trying to explain what it means. It's starting to it's starting to get momentum now, and it's that time of year where they begin to play well. They start playing these games like it's the playoffs. Um, Foxborough looks like it's ready for the playoffs, and Mac, you know, Mac, look, Mac Jones looked like. He looked like he belonged. He looked like he'd played many games before. I'm serious. Mac Jones, the more I saw, you know, the more I saw from what he did to the Cleveland Browns. By the way, everybody predicted Cleveland to lose. A lot of people predicted Cleveland to lose to the to the Patriots. Not necessarily because, oh, we think they're all not on the same level as the Patriots. We we you know a lot of us it was because Baker Mayfield is going to have to go against that New England defense in Foxborough. I mean that that smells like disaster. They didn't have Nick Chubb going into that game. They didn't have Kareem Hunt going into this game. It, it didn't. It just didn't sound good. It just did not sound good for many reasons. The defensive side of the ball was supposed to give Mac Jones some issues. A rookie quarterback. We're not talking about. Uh, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're not talking about Lamar Jackson. We're not talking about Prescott. We're not. We're talking about a rookie quarterback who has impressed, but he's a rookie at the end of the day. And that defense of Cleveland, that defensive front with Clowney, with um, with uh, I with Miles Garrett, that secondary who, I mean, it seemed like they put the clamps on Cincinnati's. A receiving corpse slot the other week. They they were a no show, similar to the Raiders. This team, they absolutely show no resistance to the Patriot. They they made the Patriot offense look like the two thousand seven Patriots. I, it was awful. 
for the Browns. They couldn't do anything to stop this team. And they there were uh, plays where they didn't even help themselves on offense either. I understand that too. Drop passes and everything. When Mayfield went down, I don't think it changed the game at all. Matter of fact, it got even worse. Even Brian Hoyer got involved for the for the Patriots. Even he got I think he even got a touchdown in. I mean, it was a beatdown of epic proportions by the Patriots. If that's a way you want to make a playoff statement, if they had not convinced you enough that this team was good enough, this was the game. Go into this game, I believe they were going to be in the playoffs, no doubt about it, but probably as a wild card most likely. I'm going to go on the record and say this team can win a Super Bowl. Forget a wild card. This team this team could take over Buffalo this season and even win a Super Bowl. They have the defense and personnel to do it. They have... They have a pedigree. They st- there are still players on this team from that 2018 Super Bowl. Um, they have, and forget just the play. I'm talking about as an organization. You're, you're talking about a coaching staff that expects a lot from these group from these group of players. And and that's what you're going to get. That's the kind of result you're going to get. I didn't expect the blowout, but after that's blowout, they showed they're more. They're thinking about more than just playoffs. The standard in New England's high. Obviously, it's not it's not the same as it was three years ago, the standard. But there's a standard in New England. There's a standard. There, there is a different standard in New England that, than, than any other organization. That's the crazy part. This team expects... This organization expects success. This team looks prime to do it there are flaws there are flaws there's a reason they've lost four games they're not the most perfect team but when they're playing well they are absolutely destroying teams mac jones was 19 for 23 198 three touchdowns 142 passer rating take if there was any kind of game where it's like take what the defense gives you it's kind of this game the garoppolo monday night football game but Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback. Some of the throws he made were pretty darn good. Some of the games he some of the plays he made weren't just little chip, you know, little throws. I know the screen passes and all this stuff. It's you know, it's what gets a lot of teams when they play in New England. But this guy can make throws as well. That's what happens when you're very comfortable beneath you're behind that offensive line. You can take a few risks here and there because I mean, it's it's almost I mean, they made it look too easy against the Browns. That's what bothered me. The Browns showed no resistance. The defense was supposed to be the strength that could maybe help them pull this win. Because it wouldn't have been an upset had they won this game either. They had the, These teams came in with basically the same record going into this game. Uh, yeah, they came in with the same record. Cleveland has more talent on their roster than the Patriots do. It shows you. It just shows you where they're at right now. It just shows you where they're at. The Browns are in a. The, the Browns are not in a very good situation. They're still going to win a few more games, but they are going to drop a few more as well. That's the Cleveland Brown way this season. That's what happens when you add a lot of expectations on a franchise that's not accustomed to winning. 
Everybody did that before the year. This, this team was in a Super Bowl or bust situation. I didn't see it that way. But I do. I did expect this team to be in the playoffs. Now, granted, I, I believe the division's been a little tougher than expected. Pittsburgh's been slightly better than I expected. They've gotten better as well. I, I know, you know, I'll get to the Detroit game. And Cincinnati's been better, a lot better than expected. And look, the Cleveland Browns, if they don't make, look, they already had that 2020, uh, the 2019 season where they already had high hopes going into that year. They didn't, you know, they, they failed to live up to those expectations. Then they kind of made up for it in 2020, even had a playoff win. And you, then you have this season where they'll win games because they're better than other teams and they lose games where they just get out coached. Mayfield doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Um, it's, you know, when the running game is not there, I'm telling you, every time Nick Chubb's not there, it seems like Kareem Hunt's not even there either. Sometimes when it rains, rains in Cleveland, it pours. That's what's been happening this season. Look, they got the Lions on Sunday. That you know, if they lose this game, all hell will break loose in in Cleveland. World War Three would begin in Cleveland if they were the ones to lose to the Lions at home. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. Hopefully, Cleveland will get that win because they got Baltimore after that, and that's a game where. <laughs> they cannot afford to lose. They cannot afford to lose, and but it's going to be an interesting next few next few weeks for the Browns. I know the fan fans are going to fans are going to hope for some stuff. They got look after the Lions. They got they got the Ravens. They got the Ravens. They got a bye week, and if I, if I'm not looking at it wrong, they got the Ravens again. This time at home. They gotta win one of those games. I don't expect this team to win both. I've dropped the I've dropped the standard on this team, but I expect them to win one of them. I'm serious. I expect this team to win one of those games. They cannot lose both, especially if Nick Chubb is playing. You know the running game is going. They cannot lose both games. They lose both games. I think they're done. They got the Raiders after that. I think that should be winnable at home. They gotta go at Lambeau after that. I don't expect that team to win. They got on the road at Pittsburgh, and then they close out the year with the Bengals against the Bengals at home. So, from what I'm seeing, they have seven games left. Seven games left. If they're serious about making the playoffs, I think they can't be any worse than four and three. They're going to have to win four of these games, and you know that seems logical. Nine and eight, nine and eight might not cut it, but nine and eight might give them a better shot than eight and nine. And, you know, they can start with beating the Detroit Lions. You know, as for the Patriots, I, you know, I've been thinking about this. The Buffalo Bills, you know, they've been seen as the favorite in the AFC. I think they're the best team in the AFC. Even after the Jaguars debacle, they're still, I still think they're the class. I think they have the guy who could win MVP. I know the offense is one-dimensional by some of the best offenses, by, by the standards of those offenses. They don't really have much of a running game, per se. The whole receiving corps isn't as dominant as one would like. 
but the defense is very, very good as well. I don't know who wants to play at Buffalo in January, similar to the Foxborough situation. I don't think anybody's wants I don't think anybody wants to play at Buffalo in, in the middle of January. I'm sorry. That's gonna be a tough place to play. I know they don't have a history of playoff wins, but still. Bills versus Patriots would be one of the most intriguing matchups of the entire season. Because well, for many reasons, on top of just the football field, Josh Allen against that New England defense would be fascinating. Mac Jones against the Buffalo defense would be, I mean, can you imagine Mac Jones going into Buffalo and destroying the Bills or getting killed by the Bills? I mean, both of these teams are very talented, very good. But it's the whole the whole thing about who runs the division. You know, unless you've been living under a rock, the Patriots have, the Patriots dominated this entire division for over 20 years, it seemed. For about 20 years. It was theirs. I mean, it, they literally owned it. They could have, if they could, Brady said, you know, they were talking about Brady owning the Jets in terms of how many times he beat him. He owned the entire division. He owned, And he didn't just own the division. I mean, these teams were no-shows every year. These teams were always competing for the number one pick. They were awful every year. Here and, there, here and there, they'll show signs of life, but they were bad every year. The Bills were supposed to be the, you know, I don't want to say that. This is going to sound cringe, but the protege of that. They have the star quarterback. They got a pretty good team. They, they have an opportunity. You know, New England, they just lost arguably the greatest quarterback ever. Miami and the Jets, well, they are what they are. I don't have to go into detail. You know, one would think, oh, the Bills are going to, maybe not the next 20 years, that's asking for a lot, but they might, they're going to run this division for a while now. This is going to be, they're going to, they're going to get an opportunity to compete for Super Bowls every year because not only are they great, they won't have these, they won't have many games in the division to ever look forward to. They're going to be like the homecoming games, <laughs> like Brady, I think like Brady said, well, well, I don't even know if he said that or not. And there was there was some there was some quote about that that I think I heard. So, Buffalo and New England, one team that's supposed to you know that's supposed to be dominating for years to come, and then it's like New England's like, oh wait, wait, we're not ready to pass the torch yet. You know what? We forgot something. And the Bills are rolling their it's the Bills rolling their eyes like, oh boy. And the Patriots are back. It's like they they they're like, eh, we might. We're a little wounded right now, but oh wait, <laughs> we found our quarterback, and now you still have to deal with us. Now, this is interesting because the Patriots, their road to dominance is not going to be as easy anymore. I know the AFC, the AFC has a lot of good teams, not dominant teams, but good teams. Um, but the Patriots' road to dominance. It's possible, but they will have a team in their division. They will have a a star quarterback in that division that's going to challenge for supremacy. It's like Brady having Peyton Manning in his own division. He'll still win Super Bowls. He'll still win, but it's going to be a lot harder, especially if you're having to, half the time you're having to be a wild card team. If you're having to be a wild card team half the time, it's it's kind of hard to win. You know, Brady was used to having to play.
play in Foxborough most of the playoff games. And that won't be the case with Mac Jones if he's you know if they're if he's having to go up against Josh Allen every year. One of these teams is going to have to play wild card games on the road some years to go to. They might have a star-studded roster and will have to do it. I don't know. The whole thing about this is very fascinating because the Patriots are like, oh, we're, okay, we're, we might be back. We're back. Oh, we're going to run this. And, and Buffalo's like, not so more, not so fast. Things have changed around here. Uh, well, up top it has. But that, keep an eye on, on those games coming up between the Bills and Patriots. Here's the thing. They're only a half game back from the Bills, the Patriots. That's what creates such a tough – that's what oh not, not tough but a strong narrative about what's going to happen. Not many people are talking about it. Many people still look at New England as well. They're one of the most improved teams and and, and all that. But uh uh-uh. uh, I don't think they're going for. I don't think they're going for that underdog mentality. They're don't forget who they are. Don't forget what they did for twenty years. On the others, you know, look the Bills beat the hell out of the Jets. Do I have to go that far with them? You know, Mike White throwing four interceptions and all this stuff. It was a total beatdown. It was an absolute beat. They outgained the Jets 489 to 366. They were they destroyed them. Josh Allen had his typical, he had his typical game. 366 yards, 125 pass rating. I wish they could run the ball better. But it is what it is. They're 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 destroying these teams. Easy. Stefan Diggs had the best game of his uh, of his season, and Davis even Gabriel Davis even had a he even had a pretty good game. He had like hundred and five yards. Then there's the Jets, and there's going to be look for the rest of the season. If Zach Wilson does not perform well, there's they are going to talk about the Mike White versus Zach Wilson. Look, I know Mike White had a. He had a stinker of a performance, but Wilson's had some too. The difference between Mike White and and uh, Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson was drafted number two overall and is getting paid a little bit more money in terms of uh, well, well because he got drafted higher. They there's a reason Zach Wilson's going to get more. He's going to get more uh, what's, uh, more excuses in terms of well he's going to start. He has a little more leverage because he is the number two pick. They didn't just draft him that freaking high to sit him on the bench, especially the other guy struggling too. And it's going to be very, very fascinating um, way to end the year. Their defense is even worse than the offense. This whole team is just awful. It's brutally awful. I don't blame it on a first-year coach. I think that's petty for people to do, blame this on a first-year coach. It's petty. They, they've won two games. They're not the worst team in – Sometimes they do play like they're the worst team in football on a lot of weeks. But they've had some big wins. They've beat the Titans and they've beat the Bengals. This team can kind of sneak up behind behind you. They could always be. I think the Texans are worst. And look at the Lions. Okay. You could always be worse. As bad as this is right now for the Jets. You know, speaking of teams at the top. You know, actually speaking of. You know, I, I talk about how they beat the Titans. The Tennessee Titans, look, there, there's no disrespect on this team. I know many people feel this team is 
the best in the AFC. I know the record says it. And we're not going to find out for a while. They got Houston coming up. That's not really a test. That's not a that's not a test. Expect that game to even be close too. It, it could. The Tennessee Titans are not the best team in football. They're not the best team in their own conference. I'm sorry. They will pile up wins because they're some of these games they play, they will win the turnover battle. Fluky things happen. That's what happened against the Saints. That's what happened against the Rams. They, look, creating turnovers, that's how you win games. You're gonna win games because you can create turnovers. Sometimes the other team's just sloppy. It's true. But those the look the, the roughing was it the rough in the passer call late in the late in the first half. Terrible call. And then there was a there was like a holding or pass interference after that. Twice where the Saints should have gotten out the should have gone off the field and the Titans just get a touchdown right there. It's unacceptable. I, I, I think it's in ways like that they've been able to win fluky things. Their offense is not scaring anybody. They got outgained in this game against New Orleans. They got I mean, they, they I think they got outgained like 373 to 264. 86 to 66 in rushing. Oh, it was like 287 to 198 passing. You know, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to get more involved if this team is wanting to win. I I know he's not a gunslinger, but Something's going to have to happen. They're not going to continue to win games like this. And, and actually, they might. They might. There's teams that can pull wins anyway. That's the beauty of the NFL. You can always find different ways to win games. That doesn't work in the playoffs all that often. You and, and, Hey, you might pull off upsets in the playoffs every, off, every here and there. But if they go into the playoffs as the number one seed, they are going to have a target on their back. They're going to get everyone's best shot. And I don't think they're ready for that, especially as a wounded animal as they are. And I know the pass rush is tremendous, but there will be questions about the secondary. You know, Trevor Simeon, at times he looked good out there against them. And then they won because they, they were able to hold this team from not getting their two-point conversion at the end of the game. The Saints almost pulled off a comeback on them. And, you know, the Saints... I mean, Jesus Christ, New Orleans, they've now lost, what is it, two games in a row? I think they've lost, yeah, they've lost two games in a row now, the New Orleans Saints. Sim, similar freaking fashion to the Falcons and the Titans. They should have beat the Falcons. I, I, I still can't explain that loss. They're now 5-4, and four, and they're, they're getting into that weird place that is the seventh seed. They might as, the Saints are going to be in the thick of the playoff race now. They will be. They, they, they win this game. They're six and three. Uh, matter of fact, the Saint had the Saints won against Tennessee, they would be in. Believe this or not, you know, believe it or not, this team would been. What is this? This team would have been first place in their division. They have the tiebreaker on the Buccaneers right now. They would have been first place in their division for now. And I know it's not how you how you you know start how it's going it's how you finish that would be a huge deal if the buccaneers again have to be a wild card or at least are in a, in a race the buccaneers lost again and you know why the, they still lead the division because the saints lost two games in a row as well brutal brutal for the saints i still think they're going to the playoffs i still think they're better than all these other teams all these teams hovering around 500 but I mean, do you, 
you know, the Saints are just you, you don't predict them. And I know they had they were without Alvin Kamara. I didn't predict them to win the game because well, that was the reason. He kind of it, the whole offense runs around him. But just brutal. Just brutal. Speaking of the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it was just a terrible game for them. Terrible, terrible game for them against the against the Washington football team. Brady looked awesome. Look, I've I've always been saying that the teams he struggles with are defensively, you know, juggernauts. It seems. This team was not a defensive juggernaut that they played. In theory, they should have. They were supposed to be one of the top defenses in football to begin the year. They've been anything but. If there was any game they finally showed up in, it's this one. They finally showed up and played. The look, Washington played the game of the year. Their offense finally clicked for a little bit. You know, you, you know it's bad when at the beginning of the game, Washington wasn't really scoring touchdowns. It was field goals. When once watching that, and I know Brady had those picks early in the game. Even then, Washington wasn't pulling away. When that happens, you're like, "Oh, that's stupid." You're supposed to, you're supposed to break away with all these turnovers. You're supposed to pull. You know, you're you're supposed to dominate. You're not supposed to give give this guy who's struggling a chance. Well, it kind of seemed like they were going to. They pull off one of the most incredible drives, ten minute drive. To end the game, it's it, I, you know, I have just haven't seen that. I just, I, I, that's unheard of, for an offense that's not, you know, they're not one of the very best. They're middle of the pack in almost every offensive category, and and, and they pulled off, you know, what seems like it's the impossible almost. They pulled off an upset against the mighty Buccaneers per se. I don't want to say mighty, but look, the Buccaneers, are, they've now lost two in a row. And this was this one was coming off a bye. So yeah, you have a bye sandwich in between those two losses. I just think it was a terrible. It's one of those you can't really analyze. You know what happened, but you can't explain why it happened. They just Brady played a bad game. It showed that he needed Antonio Brown and Rob, but he has a talented receiving a, a, a talented enough receiving uh, group. He has. A, a couple of good running backs, solid backs, a pretty good offensive line. The defense played very poorly. It was a poorly played defensive game. Look, Tiny, Tyler, Taylor Haneke was sacked five times in this game. He still put up 256 yards. He missed six throws. Of 32 that he threw, he only missed six. He had 110 pass rating. Look, the, 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 I know the Tampa Bay secondary is going to be the weakling for the rest of the season until you know they're all fully healthy. But no one expected this. No one it's one thing if Aaron Rodgers did this to them. Taylor Heineke of all guys. That's you know this 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 loss is embarrassing. The Saints won you understood it's a good defense, good well coached team. There's a rivalry between them. You don't even know how to explain this kind of loss. You don't. And and it's not one of those where a bunch of players went uh, Washington's way and they just, a, f a bunch of fluky things happened. No, they got, 
the Buccaneers got completely outplayed. It wasn't close. They got outgained 320 to 273. They held uh, the Buccaneers only had 53 rushing yards in total. They got picked off twice. They ran 24 less plays. They lost a time of possession battle. Uh, it was like 39 to 20. You don't win games like that. You, usually, when you see stats like that, you think the other team is just better than you. Well, I've you know I've seen stat lines like that, and the other the other team still comes out victorious. But a lot of times, it's you know underdogs will always win. Not always, but they will find ways to win, fluky or not. This wasn't. This was domination by the Washington football team, and coupled with the Philadelphia Eagles win. The NFC doesn't look like too much of a joke anymore. You know, I'm, I'm going to say that right now. The NFC is, it doesn't look like that much of a joke anymore. Like it, you know, it has, well, it, it typically is every year. I mean, if you look, if you looked at the standings closely, they're not even the worst. They are one of, they're still one of the worst divisions in football. They're not the worst division in football. They're not the worst division in football. They have one real Super Bowl contender, and now it's starting to seem they have a playoff contender in Philadelphia. If Washington and the Giants pull a win, another win or two in the next few weeks, they're in the mix as well. They're in the mix as well. They're not that much of a joke. And I know it's because they all won recently. Even New York, who was off, they, they won their past game. But they, look... They're, they're not much of a joke anymore. And, and Tampa Bay, they have to be thankful that the Saints have dropped two games in a row. That's what separates the Saints from the Buccaneers. That's what's going to separate them. I think the Saints are always going to find ways to lose these weird games. The Buccaneers, it's a shocker that they even lost this kind of game. And you know, no one, no one's shocked when the Saints will lose games like this, especially without a, a, a true franchise quarterback, not even having their running back on the field. They don't have a star receiver. Um, the interior offensive line is not, it's not very strong. When things like that happen, you, you can expect that. But the Buccaneers, in terms of their Super Bowl aspirations, they're going to have to start playing better. They're not a very good road team this year. They're two and three. Two and three. They're four and zero oh at home. Brady's always played well at home. He plays that well anywhere, but on the road, you know they're not doing very well. They're not. Things things are gonna have to change for them if they're wanting. Green Bay is four and two at home. I mean on the road. The Cardinals are undefeated on the road. They're five and zero. Oh. The Rams are four and one. Cowboys are three and one. Even Philadelphia, all their wins have came out on the road. Think about this. Philadelphia is 0-4 at home. 0-4. And, and they're 4-2 and on the road. That's who that that's just unheard of. You don't you don't see that happen. Philadelphia loses their next game. Um, you know, you know, I think they're done in the playoff race, but Philadelphia got themselves back in. And actually, I'm gonna get back to I'm gonna get to that. Philadelphia beating the brace off the Broncos. It's not shocking, but it's you know, because I called it last week. My my question for the Broncos was, we knew they're capable. We knew they had the talent to be capable and maybe pull off some wins. 
they just have inconsistency issues. Their offensive line is not, it's not always the strongest. The running game in general, it's pretty good, but there's games where they're not, they're not, they're not doing all that well. And sometimes they'll have injuries to the defense. They're just an inconsistent team. Bridgewater, he's not, he's not Tom Brady. He's not an elite quarterback. And you know what happens when you don't have an elite quarterback. Other crazy things tend to happen. After Williams, after Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon look like, they look like the, you know, they look, they look to two of the, the two best running backs in all of football against Dallas. They were, they were basically shut down against the Eagles defense. Most whole team was shut down against them. After being able to do whatever they wanted to, after looking like a Super Bowl team for one week, it came crashing right back down to earth. That's what separates good from elite. Elite will kind of do this every week to you. And teams like the Broncos hovering around 500, they will show flashes. They will look like they broke the wall, and they get lost after that. It's, it's a mess with them. They lost the time of possession by nine minutes. They got outgained bad. They were one for 11 on third down. Against Dallas, they couldn't miss anything. They, every third down they got against Dallas. And their defense looked, their defense was able to stop anything Dallas threw at them the other day. Philadelphia, I mean, this almost this almost seems unreal. They outrushed the Broncos 214-96. That, that's almost similar to what Denver did to Dallas the week prior. Unbelievable. What a, what a game by the Eagles. Hurts had a really good first half. He still had a decent passer rating. He had 53 rushing yards. Jordan Howard, I mean, and Boston Scott. These guys, they're not even, they're not even on top of the depth chart. They weren't even on top of the depth chart um, when the season started. Devontae Smith had some huge catches. He had two touchdowns in this game. Philadelphia, they've had some impressive wins this season. And I know there was, I remember earlier in the season, there was talk of maybe this team should blow it up. Things aren't working. If they win another game, I don't think that's going to be the discussion around Philadelphia. They're four and six. Maybe that's not, maybe that's not the, the biggest thing to clap at, but they're in the playoff race now. They're in the playoff. They're only a half game back from Atlanta, from the 49ers, and from the Vikings. Because the Vikings, Niners, and Falcons are four and five. Eagles have played a game more, and they lost that one. And look, their next game is going to be critical in the playoff race. Critical. And, you know, all these games. The next one I'm going to get to is Dallas, the Cowboys, and the Falcons. Look, the Falcons. I, I, one should have seen this coming. They were never a, a very good team. You know, you look at DVOA, for instance. They're a four and five team, and they're the worst team according to DVOA. They're just brutally awful. They're 29th in offensive DVOA. They're 31st. They're second to last in defensive DVOA. They're worse than the Jets. They're worse than the Texans. They are worse than the Lions, the Jaguars, the Dolphins. If you're worse than all these teams in DVOA and you're a four and five team, it says something. It speaks volumes. And what Dallas did to them, Dallas did to them basically what Denver did to them the week prior. And that's how elite teams, that's how elite teams respond. They could have easily just collapsed again, like they like the old Dallas teams. 
you know, from the from the late 2000s, the early 2010s. They could have just done that, but they didn't. They never let Atlanta back in the game. They, they literally left them for dead. And I think it was the statement win for Dallas. They didn't have to. They didn't have to do some of the stuff. The two point conversion. They didn't have to do the two point conversion. They wanted to make a statement. They wanted when you lose as bad as you did, like they did against the Broncos. That's like we have to make a statement. We're not. Even, we're not even gonna try to win the close game. We're gonna go and beat the brakes off this team and show people that at our best, they're you know they're nothing to mess around with. Forty three to three. You know how hard is it to even lose by 40 in the NFL. I mean, it's not often that happens. I could have seen Dallas. You One could see Dallas beating the Lions by 40. One could see the, the Cowboys beating the Jets by 40 or the Jaguars. The Falcons, who came into the week with the same record Denver did prior to their game, they came in 4-4 four to four, four and four with the seventh seed. Obviously flawed as hell. But they, what they did to them, they, I mean, the, the Falcons literally did look like the worst team in football. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do anything to them. They could not do anything to them. And the Falcons, I, I know they came out, they came in without Ridley, but Matt Ryan couldn't do anything. It just felt like they couldn't get a first down to save their lives. We knew the defense was not a very good one. The secondary was just disastrous. The whole, the whole team was just completely outplayed. And by halftime, that game was over. Completely over. Dallas, matter of fact, Dallas only scored seven points in the second half. And they still shut out the Falcons in that second half. I mean, they left them for dead. And I think the Cowboys now begin to show themselves as a contender in the league. In the league. And I know many people will want to jinx that. You know, at Football Outsiders has Dallas. With the current odds, they are second highest to win the Super Bowl. Right above the Buccaneers, behind the Bills, I don't, I don't really see much. I don't see any faults to that. I think the Packers are still. I think the Packers are completely underrated, in many, many ways. I'm glad they noticed the New England Patriots, though. Here's the thing. They got the Chiefs next week. Then they got the Raiders after that. They have a few games that they can still make more of a case. Next week against Kansas City is a big one. All eyes are going to be on that. It's America's team against the you know the most you know the most polarizing quarterback in the league right now. The most watched the the best quarterback in football. Let's just say that right now. Uh, in Patrick Mahomes, the team who's dominated the AFC the past few years. It's going to be very it's going to be a very good game. And even after that, they'll have the Raiders on Thanksgiving. I'm starting to if you're a Cowboy fan, you can feel confident about that one now. They are gonna have a game against the Cardinals at Arizona. The they have to go and play at Eagles, which is no longer a gimme anymore. They haven't played Washington yet this season. I think I can see them blowing them out easy in one of them, and I can see them struggling to win one of them. And they still got the Giants at New York later this year. They haven't played any of their divisional rivals on the road yet this year. Keep an eye on that. They haven't played any of their divisional rivals on the road this year. And they still have to play Cardinals and Chiefs. I mean, they're still yet to play those teams on the road. Those are some tough games. Those are some tough games. 
if I, if I had to predict the rest of their season, you know, they're seven and two right now. They still have eight games to play. I think this team is a six and two team along the way. They're going to drop a game against a top team, and I think they're going to drop. They're going to get upset in one of them. It's not easy to win any game. You know, you look at their if if they do just lose two games, their final records thirteen and four. That's still that's still a terrific record. That's still a terrific record. Time will tell if that's going to get them the number one seed, but that's still terrific. And that is something they should shoot for. The, the number one seed is going to be the most important. And I know I know Dallas, it's almost been a jinx for them. They've had the number one seed in the past. The times Dallas was sort of a contender or was seen as a contender for the Super Bowl, they flamed out as soon as that um, their bye weekend, as soon as that first round bye ended. It got upset twice. So... Maybe the number one seed is not the best, but this team is the this team is the most focused and most talented team they've had, you know, since maybe the '90s, and that's saying something. That's that's saying something. The the '06 to '09 Cowboys that era was they had some talent on that roster. They had some collapses and epic failures in the playoffs. A lot of other things going on outside of the field. They don't have that issue right now. They're focused. They're well balanced. Well. They'll play games like they're well balanced, but they they don't they're not letting many distractions. And here's the thing, they they thrive when the pressure's not on them. When the pressure's not on Dallas, they will thrive. As soon as the whole country is claiming this team to be the favorite, this is that's when they start to that's when they start to fail with expectations. As long as Green Bay and Tampa Bay and the Rams are getting most because let's be honest, all those three teams have that Super Bowl or bust hide. Because look at the rosters. Green Bay might not have Aaron Rodgers after this season. They have to win the Super Bowl now. The Rams went all in to win this season. They have to win. The Buccaneers, I mean, how much of Brady are you gonna get from here on out? I know he wants to play till he's 50, but you you, you never know. And a lot of these, you're not going to be able to keep every single guy again for another year. So they are in Super in Super Bowl or bust situations. These other top teams in the NFC. You know who isn't? Dallas. You know why they, they will be? Because the fans will create that pressure on them. And the media will add on to that. I don't think there's Super Bowl or bust. They have a quarterback who's in his prime. He's already signed an extension. They have young, they have other young uh, core players on this team. They don't have a bunch of players who have contracts due, or they added in free agency. It's a lot of guys they added through the draft. It's a lot of guys they added through the draft. And this division, you know, I, for the first time in years, I think I've talked good things about some of these other teams. But I'm going to say this right now: none of these other teams have franchise quarterbacks. And until that changes, the Cowboys, the Cowboys have an opportunity to do something that no team in this division has done for many years now, and that's take control of the division, make it yours. The last time anybody did that was Philadelphia in the early 2000s. That was the last time. And before that, it was Dallas in the 90s. Meanwhile, every team takes turns winning that division. Some for good, some for not, but... Man, 
you know, the, the last thing I want to talk about is the playoff races across the across the league. Look, I'm gonna start off with the AFC. Right now the current standings are number one, Tennessee, number they're eight and two, number two, Buffalo Bills, six and three, number three are the six and three Baltimore Ravens, number four, six and four Kansas City Chiefs, number five, the five three and one Pittsburgh Steelers. Number six, the New England Patriots, six and four. Seven, the LA Chargers, five and four. The rest, you know, the rest of the teams in the hunt. The Raiders, the Bengals, both five and four. The Colts, the Browns, and the Broncos, five and five. All three of them. That's where it ends. After that, it's the race for the number one pick. For for who has the highest pick, but I'm looking like I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, this might be the most accurate description of the playoff race, if if I'm being honest with you. And I know it's going to change and shuffle again throughout the year, but I don't see the Raiders making a deep run for the rest of the year. Keep an eye on this game. Raiders Bengals are the top two teams in the hunt. They're five and four. They play each other on Sunday. That game right there. That game in Cincinnati will end a playoff a playoff run. The Bengals lose this game. They've probably lose like, what is that now? Like three games in a row they've lost now? Bengals cannot afford another loss. The Raiders cannot afford another loss as well. That would just add on to this. Raiders lose this game. They, they start to go at Dallas on Thanksgiving with the whole country watching. Both are in a must-win situation. I think the winner of this game... It's put in a really good spot to make the play. Look, they're both going to get more opportunities, but this is one game that whoever loses is, is going to want back. Colts are 5-5. Five and five, Browns are 5-5. Five and five, Broncos are 5-5. Five and five. The one team I don't trust is... Well, the one team I trust, excuse me, are the Indianapolis Colts. They're 5-5. Five and five. I know they got the Bills next. <laughs> that's That's going to be tough if they lose, but... They are the better roster, so I can't say, I, they're the better roster, but they'll have some tough games. I don't know. Maybe that evens out. Browns and Broncos are going to have tougher games from here on out. I don't trust the Broncos. They have to play the Chargers at home. Browns going in plate lines, but they, they have a tough schedule as well. We just can't trust the Browns or the Broncos anymore. I don't think you could even trust the Colts sometimes. These three teams are untrustworthy. The Raiders could could trust I mean could join that and I think that leaves the Cincinnati Bengals I think the Bengals I think we're going to see more out of them who knows I think the Colts can still do something Browns are going to still win a few games I expect them to beat the Lions and look keep an eye on this keep an eye on this one as well Chargers and Broncos Chargers Broncos Chargers are the seventh seed they only a half game on top of the the Broncos Chargers win this game. They kind of take the Broncos out of the playoff race in the, for, for a little. I mean, they, they kind of get some space, but they're six and four. That would really help. The, that would really help them right now for the Chargers. <laughs> if the playoff started today, I mean, it would be the Bills against the Chargers. That would be a nice game. Ravens against Patriots. Oh, that would be nice. Chiefs against Steelers. Flawed teams, but you know they are what they are. They're still going to win some games. Here's the other here's the other one right now. 
Oh, I know. Excuse me. The Broncos. Well, the Broncos are going off to their bye week. I I messed up and I saw who the Broncos were playing next. No, I think the Broncos are off on their. They're going to their bye week. Chargers play the Steelers next. Steelers and Chargers in Pittsburgh. Talk about elimination game. Look, there's no elimination game yet, but whoever loses this game is in a tough situation. Pittsburgh, I think, will have more ground to make up. They have tough games against the whole division. And I know the Chargers do too, but but seriously, the Chargers, I think they can get wins against the Broncos, against the Raiders. Steelers, they're going to have Browns who are talented, the Bengals and the Ravens still, who they haven't even played yet. Those are interesting, real, very interesting games. Very interesting games. And look, my prediction is I think the way you see the playoff race right now, that's what's going to finish. I think the only change will be the Bengals. I think the Bengals could get in there and knock one of these teams out. Their best bet is the Steelers. They're in their division. They have an opportunity, but we will see. Keep an eye on Baltimore. They got at Bears. They lose another. They lose another game. Uh, they're uh, they're going to sweat a little bit. Look, as for the NFC, talk about fascinating. Packers are number one. Cardinals are number two. They both have tough games ahead of them. Dallas is three. They also have a, a tough one. Buccaneers is number four. Rams are fifth. Saints are sixth. Panthers are seventh. The seventh is going to change like every week. Seventh is going to change every week. In the hunt are the Vikings, 49ers, Falcons, all four and five. And then the Eagles are four and six. And, and screw it, we'll add Washington, Giants, Seattle, and the Bears, three and six. If history tells us teams can make a run, a big run, towards the end of the year, I think when not long ago, I, I remember the when RG3 was in the Redskins, they started off like 3-6 and six or 4-6. and six. They ended up finishing 10-6. and six. Teams teams can make a huge run at the end of the year. Um, keep an eye on the Bears. I, I, I think their quarterback situation is getting better. Seattle has Russell Wilson. They can always get better. Look, everybody's just playing tough teams. The NFC, look, the Bears have to play against the Ravens at home. Seattle goes and plays the Cardinals at home. Giants have to go at Buccaneers. And Washington goes at Carolina. If any team of these three and six teams wants to make a point, they're going to have to win now. Whoever loses is done. There's no way that they're going to be able to pull off seven straight wins. Or they'll have to go six and one just to get to be over 500. I, I don't see it in any of these teams. If they want to start winning. They'll have to start winning now. And that's just to stay in the race. Then there's four and six Philadelphia. They got the Saints next. Both of these teams have good defenses, good pass rush. Good, you know, the Eagles are a good running team. Um, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be fascinating. It's gonna be fascinating. Eagles win. They're five and six. And I mean, are you predicting? Is anybody gonna bet on the Falcons to beat the Patriots? No. Even at home, no. I think the Niners will go and beat the Jaguars on the road. And then the Vikings got the Packers. So, you know, history, if, if history tells us anything, some of these teams are vulnerable, and one of these teams might lose, and it might help Philadelphia out. 
it can seriously help Philadelphia out. Washington and Carolina place the winner of that game. I mean, that changes implications. So keep an eye on these games, the Saints and the Eagles. Uh, which other one? Green Bay, Minnesota. Green Bay, Minnesota. Because Green Bay loses this game to Minnesota. I mean, even at home. I mean, they lose this kind of game to Minnesota. Not that it changes the narrative in the division, but I think it it opens up things for the top teams trying to get to the number one spot. Dallas plays Kansas City. Arizona, keep an eye on them. They go at Seattle. If they're not fully healthy by then, they could lose that. They could well lose that game. And, man, does that open things up. Look, again, the Packers have to go. Um, excuse me, that the Packers are going at Minnesota. That's a tough one. The best three teams in the NFC have brutal, brutal games to play. And, yeah, keep an eye on these teams. The playoff race, I keep saying it's going to be a fun one. The only thing more fun, the only thing that can equal the playoff excitement is the race to get there and who's going to get in. But, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, I will see everybody next week, my imaginary listeners. And, yeah, that's that's been another episode of The Chronicle. See you next Tuesday.